0: This episode is brought to you by Fall Vibe Shop. All of us are always waiting for fall time to be our most fashionable selves. Well, their designers and team decided to end this hysteria and bring you a store to be in fall fashion all year round. Looking for shirts, hoodies, and blankets? They've got it. They also have fall decorations, candles, and more. Use code College Sports for 30% off. That's College Sports for 30% off. Find them at fallvibeshop.com. Testing, 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 testing. Do you read? It's time for the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. And we're back. Episode number seven. I actually had to think about that for a second. Uh, Episode seven, Midday Madness Sports Podcast. Thank you again for joining me or joining us. Not just me. Eric Miller alongside Noah Pegler. Uh, Noah, how have you been, sir? Well, I mean, I'm
1: doing all right, and I mean, Giants are six and one. It's crazy. I mean, I can't believe it. Goal line stand. And what a really good season. But you know, I mean, hold on. Let me just get my Giants hat right here.
0: <laughs> wow, wow, not a bad placement at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you saw that, right? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, I saw that, all right. Yeah, for what, those who what did it say?
1: Yeah, for those who are actually, you know, listening just to the audio, I got a t-shirt here that says Yankees suck, and well, actually,
0: at- it doesn't because it, there's no A, and it's missing, it's missing the U. So actually, I think it's saying you suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it says Yankees and all that, but it's a, it's a Wheel of Fortune kind of puzzle. You can find this shirt online like in any of these other sports like stores where you find like other T-shirts that are not sold officially by the league, but had to wear it, Eric. Your Yankees got swept. Obviously, that's a downside for you, but other than that, how are you
0: feeling? You know, <sighs> the Jets won. So they've won five, four in a row, four or five in a row. So that's been good, uh, and we're we're gonna get to the baseball postseason. You know, it's, I'm starting to feel like NY starting not it's not standing for uh, New York. It's starting it's standing for next year because that's what it feels like every year. It's gonna be oh, it's gonna be our year next year, and I'm really getting sick of it. But uh, I'm not gonna lie, we both were wrong on the rankings, so that was fun uh as my camera like just
1: i was gonna goes, say uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it, i'm still here my yeah. camera literally just went like poof. so uh yeah it just says no device interesting wow okay so you can't see me but you can hear me Whoa. um that's really bizarre yeah
1: pay no uh, attention to the man behind the logo <laughs> i know right <laughs>
0: So we both were wrong in our predictions. Actually, we were both wrong on both predictions, by the way. And uh, so there's that. We both picked San Diego to beat the Phillies in seven. Did not happen. We both picked the Yankees to beat the Astros in seven, which did not happen. Uh, Other than that, I'm. I'm pretty good. We have a new sponsor, which I'm very excited to introduce. Uh, I found them on – well, they found me actually on social media, and it's called Fall Vibes Shop. Uh, all of us are waiting for fall time to be our most fashionable selves their designers and team decided to end this hysteria and bring you a store to be in fall fashion all year round looking for shirts hoodies and blankets they got it and they also have fall decorations like candles and more use code college sports for 30% off your entire order that's fallvibeshop.com for thir- and use code college sports for 30% off your order. Um, so you mentioned it. I didn't want to bring it up first, but looks like we are uh, breaking down the hatches and just shutting doors. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, the Yankees suck, but where were you guys this year? Oh, you guys were warming up the couch for us. I forgot about that because you guys don't know how to make the playoffs consistently. Say what you want about the Yankees losing to the Astros, and I'll give... I'll give uh, Pedro Martinez the credit. Astros are our daddy. Well, I'll give him credit for that. But I would rather be in the postseason to have a chance than have my season end in the regular season and have no chance and really waiting for everyone else to celebrate the, the victories and the postseason. So I just have to throw that out there right now. And you can't see me as well, no. so it's kind of funny. I am smiling. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. But – you look at the series. It was bad. The Yankees were not ready. First off, you don't have DJ LeMahieu, which I think is a big key piece. I don't know what that was. Oh, it's popcorn in the background. <laughs> I, I swear. I swear. I feel like I, I'm all alone right now at home for the first time in a while. My wife is taking our kid out and about, and it's kind of weird because I'm used to having noises going around and hearing babies crying, and now I don't hear any of it. So I guess I'm making my house look, sound spooky that it actually it's not, but whatever. Um, you look at the series, Josh Donaldson didn't show up. You look at the postseason general, uh, Aaron Judge barely showed up. I think he had one home run in the entire postseason that came in Game 5 of the ALDS. You look at Stanton showed up, Rizzo showed up, Bader showed up. Three out of nine hitters showed up. You look at the Astros, one hitter did not show up until Game 4 or actually game three and game four. And that was Jose Altuve who went 0 for, or three for 28 or whatever in the series. And they still ended up winning. Your best player goes three for 20-something, and you still end up winning because you can rely on other hitters. You don't just rely on the top three guys. You rely on the bottom three. Chas McCormick for the Astros who hit a bomb in the Yankee Stadium to really shut the Yankees up. Uh, you have guys. Jordan Alvarez didn't really do as much, but the Yankees pitching actually shut him down, which is really good. And you have the new Jeremy Pena, the new pain in the ass, Carlos Correa 2.0 or Juan Soto 2.0, whatever you want to label him as he did great. And he's 20 something, 25 years old. He's a rookie. So as much as I hate that the Yankees lost, I, I can deal with it because they weren't ready. We, the fans, one of the Astros, the Yankees, They weren't ready for it. They didn't have the great – I mean, Garrett Cole did well. So did Severino. I thought those two were the best pitchers that we've seen those versions of them in a long time. But the offense just couldn't do anything. Josh Donaldson struck out almost every time, and he barely even swung the bat. Rizzo saved us in game four. So did Bader. Bader. And so did Stanton. Those three guys, they can't do it by themselves. You need guys like jo- like like DJ LeMay who, who is is the table setter. You had the moment it was too big for Judge, and you can't really blame the guy because he carried this team to the postseason, but now all of a sudden they're going over for whatever. Like it it's just it sucks. I hate it. Do I like losing to the Astros? No. Do I like losing to the Yankees or the Red Sox? No. They were the better team though. It just – it unfortunately happens this way.
1: All right. So then to go into this uh, basic postseason, you look at uh, – yes, LeMahieu. He was a completely forgotten guy because he, he wasn't there. The injuries really just kept him aside. That The fact that LeMahieu has actually been one of their best bats in the last few years shows that he needs to be part of this team. Yep. And it really shows the value of him as a player because – He grew through the system at Colorado and then coming to the Yankees. I mean, he was uh, hit that game tying home run in 2019 that at least kept the Yankees in that game because, you know, the Astros could have gotten it done in the ninth. But yet the Astros had to come to bat in that game. And then to go now here in 2022, they were missing him. They were also missing Andrew Benintendi, a guy they acquired at the deadline who was supposed to be another answer in the outfield. Or otherwise, you know, if Ben Benintendi wasn't there, we probably wouldn't have seen Oswaldo Cabrera playing in this postseason, necessarily, because yeah. the fact is, is that he was filling in for injuries, the fact that you didn't have him, Ben Benintendi, and the fact that you didn't have LeMahieu forced the fact that you had to call guys up, and then... Also, the fact that you didn't have Aaron Hicks for this round. He did not play a single game in the ALCS, and I mean, part of that, I mean, who knows? I mean, manager's decision, or the fact that he got injured on that one play where Cabrera ran into him, and That sidelined him. And there was also just poor fielding. And, I mean, the the small mistakes, I mean, kept the Guardians in that series, where the Yankees should have probably won it in four games if they just uh, made up for those mistakes and got out of those tough scenarios. But because of the fact that they allowed the Guardians to stay alive, that forced it all the way to five games. And then also, you know, it extended the series because, you know, the rain interfered with that series twice, having to postpone the games, by an extra few days and then you look at what the Yankees had 50 strikeouts in this series 50 strikeouts as a team and that's a lot and they put up runs at times but Houston was always able to answer and you could look at it from whatever perspective you want I mean I think the bullpen I mean still had its struggles late in the game because they still gave up those runs to Houston, and Houston overall—I mean, I'm surprised they were able to get it done in a sweep. Usually, it takes them a bit longer to take down a team like the Yankees. And New York has to be disappointed with this. I mean, I mean, they got—you had this season, you had the AL East division title. I mean, you could say all you want about, you know, it's the first time you won it in like three years or something, because the last two have been won by Tampa Bay, but division titles are division titles. I mean, and you're the Yankees, you got 27 world series championships. You don't celebrate division titles. Like they're at the super bowl or if you're like the rays, like the rays celebrate it because they don't have a world series title. That's what they claim onto. And for these New York Yankees, I mean, the fact that they just couldn't show up in this series to at least extend it. And I mean, Rizzo, yes, he played good. I mean, Every time I see Rizzo up to bat hitting a solid home run, it just frustrates me because I like Rizzo. The fact that I have to watch him play in pinstripes, but yet he's playing good for the Yankees and shows good heart. And I'm sure he's going to play the rest of his career for the Yankees, and that seems reasonable. And then Stanton, I will say, Stanton, at least, you know, did his best. And, uh, I mean, this felt like, you know, a productive, more productive postseason out of Stanton than we've seen in other times. And then judge. Yes. You, you should have expected more knowing that this is a contract year and you would just had the 62 home runs. That shouldn't have been a distraction, but yet you ended up falling a bit short in the postseason. And then you could almost call it a, uh, an interesting ending knowing that he was the final out of the ALCS, knowing that he could have had the chance to probably tie the game and he didn't because it was only 6-5 to five, I believe, the final score in that game. And for the New York Yankees, I mean, I saw that there are reports saying that both Cashman and Boone are coming back. You could talk about how long both of those guys have been there. Cashman, he's been there a long, long time. He's been GM since like the 90s and Boone He's been here for, I believe, now five years. He took over back in 2018. This was his sixth year or something, depending on how you add it up, I believe. And then you have what now, where did the Yankees go from here? And I keep hearing rumors about Aaron Judge, where he can go. The Dodgers are saying, you know, we'll bring him to Los Angeles and we'll just move Mookie Betts to second base. I don't like that that idea. Where
0: he came from, though, by the way? Didn't Mookie play in the infield early on in his career?
1: I can't remember, I mean, I don't know I don't know that, but then I I just think, you know, considering Betts has won, I believe, a gold glove or, you know, he's got MVP why would you move him out of right field? But, yeah, it's, it's not like him, he's going to play catcher, but then uh, the San Francisco Giants they're saying that they're willing to pay him whatever he wants, because I guess, you know, they don't have a big player contract currently going on right now, but then you look at what the Yankees have to do, I mean People are talking about, you know, labeling him as the captain. Anthony Rizzo, I believe, said it the other day, saying that he should be the captain. And, you know, at that time, you're basically putting him in the same class as Derek Jeter as an iconic Yankee. And when you, th- <laughs> when you think of Aaron Judge, you got to think that. He's a uh, very good player and has been one of the be, the best, I believe, since he has come into the league. He won the home run derby and yet is a force at the plate. I mean, it just even his like line drive hits they, they things that hits that look like singles, he makes them look like home runs and he <laughs> he hits them that far. It's like ridiculous. I mean, I remember um. I was watching uh, the Carton show on Fox the other day. And I think if you had, I think it was like, they're talking about athletes. you like, you love to hate or hate the love. And Um, I no, it's just like, I guess you love to hate Aaron Judge. And it's frustrating because it's like, or, I mean, I respect Judge and and just, you know, he looks like he's having fun out there, but it's just frustrating when it's like, okay, yep, Judge (laughs) just crushed it again. And the Yankees are back up top. It's frustrating. (laughs) But to sort of round up my point. I mean, I, I hear people talking about it like, you know, there's positives to this Yankees season. But at the same time, this right. drought continues on. No World Series championship since 2009. The Phillies just ended their drought. They're going to the World Series. Both of those yep. teams had the chance to have that rematch. And the Phillies came out on top of their series. And the Yankees, I mean, it's more disappointing in the fact that you got swept. And the fact that, you know. People always talk about postseason rematches. I mean, you've, you played Houston in the regular season, sure. But then when it's the postseason, this was like the first time they met in the postseason since all that science dealing stuff came out. And yep. I thought that this would have played more into the series. But ultimately, the Yankees just fell short, and they got swept. And, I mean, at, the Astros have made the huge impact on the American League because ever since they've joined – they have really taken down the Yankees in the postseason.
0: It, so just a real quick thing to bring up Mookie Betts. Um, the Boston Red Sox actually brought him up uh, as a second baseman, but has since developed into a right fielder. So originally when he was on the Red Sox, he was brought up as a second baseman. Just throwing that out there. Um, no, no.
1: No, oh, yeah, because, I mean, I remember when uh, he was coming up at first. I mean, he he joined the team shortly after we had gotten rid of uh, Ellsbury after he didn't come back, because that's when Betts started to play in the outfield.
0: Yep. And that's when you guys had Pedroia as well for a long time at second base. It was right after that point. Um, So as you mentioned earlier on, it's this is the time and place that you want to make the name for yourself in the postseason and you want to earn that contract. Yes, in a regular season Aaron Judge showed that he wanted that contract. But what did I say all season long? None of this matters if you don't win the World Series. None of it matters now. I don't care if he's going to win the Hank Aaron Award. I don't care if he's going to win a Silver Slugger. I don't care if he wins the MVP. I don't care because you did not win the World Series. And as a Yankee fan, And I'll be the first to admit this. I'm a spoiled Yankee fan. I really am. I grew up in the late or early 90s, late 2000s, and I saw my World Series champs five times. Now, I wish I had been part of that parade, but I was too young. One of these days, I will get there. I know that. But it is frustrating when you watch the Astros, how good they are, because now either they're cheating and we're not catching on, or they're just that damn good. You know, the Red Sox have been good. The The Giants have been that good over the last 15 years. The Dodgers, well, well they're the Dodgers. They're not really the best. They're they're second, maybe, best team in the NL West, you know, because the NL West is the best division in uh, all of baseball. <clears throat> Had to bring that up, you know. Even not the on screen.
1: <laughs> Even though he's not on screen, he's still got
0: to dish it out. <laughs> <laughs> the joke is still the joke. You can't do anything about this. Um it, it's just very frustrating. It's been 13 years since we even had a World Series appearance. I mean, heck, 2001 was difficult to watch, but not being there is even more difficult to watch because at least in 01 you had it. You thought, "Okay, we have a chance. We have a chance to beat Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling, two of the greatest uh pitching duos of all time." They just fell short. They fell A few – a shift short, if you look at that, because if they didn't shift the infield in, Jeter could have caught that. Jeter would have caught that ball. Game over. We're going to extra innings. But he didn't. Unfortunately, they put the shift on. They put the infield in, and it was game over for the Diamondbacks. It sucks because I really wanted to believe that the Yankees were going to do it. I really did. But – there, you you watch this team. There was no life. Um, this also kind of brings me up to one of my points today that I wanted to run by you. I have three players. I'm not going to mention who they are yet. But I'm going to ask you, whose career would you rather have? So I have three players. I have their postseason stats in front of me. One, two of these, two of the three, have won a World Series title. One has not. Uh, one player in... Uh, 76 games, had a 259 batting average in the postseason with 72 hits, 13 home runs, 41 RBIs, and 43 runs scored. Uh, Also one ring, by the way. Another player... Uh, has a two eleven batting average with 36 hits, 13 home runs 25 RBIs, 29 runs scored in 44 games in the postseason career with no rings and another guy is batting 268, 95 hits, 23 home runs, 49 RBIs, 73 runs scored in 86 games with one ring to go which A, B or C, no, whose career would you rather have?
1: Um, I mean, definitely, uh, C sounds reasonable because they sound the most productive at that point. They've been able to seek out their career. And, I, uh, I mean, the fact that they got a world series ring, I mean, comes along with it. I mean, you play to get these championships to play in the big games.
0: I was hoping you were going to pick C, honestly. I would pick a personally, uh, it seems tough, but. I would take a 259 batting average. That's at least one out of four hits uh, per game. Um, Do you want to know who they were? Uh, No, yeah, most definitely. All right, so your pick was Jose Altuve. Okay. So his career in the postseason, this is, by the way, including this three for 23 slump that he's in the first time in the postseason career that his batting average is dipping a little bit. Um, He is 268, 95 hits. He's actually 105 hits away from breaking Derek Jeter's all-time hit list uh, record in the postseason. And he's actually six home runs away from Ty Ramirez for the most home runs in postseason history, by the way, too. My pick was Alex Rodriguez, who had his one ring. And thir- at least six or seven of those 13 home runs came in one postseason run in 09, who gave the Yankees their his ring. Uh, Aaron Judge is the middle one with a 211 batting average, which dipped a lot because his batting average just this postseason was, I believe, 100 points. Less than this. I think he only batted like a 109. He did not do well. Uh, 36 hits, 13 home runs. And most of those home runs came in the beginning of his career. And I, I had to think about it today. He's starting to feel like he is Alex Rodriguez. Because here's here's his numbers in the postseason. Uh, if I could pull this up correctly. His first – oh, here it is. His first uh, 15 games in the postseason – actually, no, his – since – I guess this is the postseason games. Anyways, uh, since September 3rd, his last 38 games, he was batting a 491, nine home runs, 15 RBIs, and he was just dominating. His last 23 games, including this postseason, 195 four home runs, and one of those came into postseason, six RBIs, and had an OPS of 757. That's bad. That's really bad.
1: Yeah, considering he wants the major contract, and this guy's going to be considered the MVP of the league, and everyone's saying, you know, this guy is the big star of baseball. And yet, also now he's going, he's in his 30s, and he's Late, only a short time but yet you know once you start getting to your late 30s even for baseball players i mean it gets tough i mean look at miguel cabrera you know he was the triple crown winner the big star How Years go by the way yeah i know that's crazy out you know time flies like that and you know detroit was so close to winning a world series of their own and yep. and now, they
0: got swept by of the giants in 2012
1: yeah they got swept by san francisco i remember that because uh Hurricane Sandy came, hit the East Coast, and it knocked out our power like the next day or that night. And uh, then you just look at uh, what Aaron Judge now has to go through. He has to just figure out how to take that next step as a baseball player. But then the Yankees as a team just need to build this team to take it to to that final step. I mean, you've, you've gotten to the ALCS so many times. I mean... You don't get rings for ALCSs. You get rings oh. for get for winning the World Series. And, I mean, it just comes to a point, how much longer is Aaron Boone really going to at least keep the locker room? Because there's only so much that that same voice can keep motivating the same guys over and over again. And, you know, the bull, even the pitching starts to run out. I mean, look at Chapman. The guy was yeah. your dominant bullpen arm. Now he's not even on the roster and probably never going to be in pinstripes ever again. And, I mean, how much longer until, you know, it's like you, you've you seen guys like, you know, Sabathia, he retired, and then you saw Tanaka, he's gone. And then you haven't really seen uh, Severino. Like, he was injured again, wasn't he? Because I didn't – did, did yep. he really – because he didn't really do anything in this postseason. And then, I mean,
0: Nestor well, Cortes He had a great – he had a great game, too. I will admit, that one pitch to Bregman in game two – It it was a good pitch. It was inside and that's unfortunately where Bregman's bread and butter is. But it like that pitch, he actually I think he had like six strikeouts after that and dominated the Astros and they held him to three runs. And that's the crazy thing about this postseason. There were so many good things. I mean, it sucks that Nestor Cortez couldn't finish the game because he had the groin injury. You, I noticed something was off with him even in game five against the Guardians. Because the one thing I love about Nestor Cortez, he does that little like shimmy, the leg movement and whatnot. He didn't do that. He did that once against the Guardians. But even then, it, he just felt uncomfortable. He barely did it in this series in the uh, ALCS against the Astros. And that, to me, just kind of feels like he wasn't confident in his pitches. He didn't really have the location. And then once, I think it was what, when Pena hit that three-run homer, you could tell something was off with him. And it finally took him that moment. By the way, Aaron Judge, this postseason in nine games, he batted a 139, two home runs, three RBIs, 15 strikeouts. <laughs> but he's supposed to get the big contract. It's because of numbers like this. That's going to defer you to not getting the big contract. Now I think he is worth a six year, maybe a seven year player option contract. Give him the money, but the length, you're not going to get it. You're already falling into the trap of the Robinson Cano, of the Alex Rodriguez, of Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols. There's four guys that are better than him, even just in the postseason. And they were able to at least – Albert Pujols had a couple rings before he got his big contract. Robinson Cano got his big contract and a ring. On Miguel Cabrera got his first ring as a rookie with the Marlins. So three guys already already provided and got their rings. Aaron Judge is a good player. He's a solid player. He's a star. But he is not gonna get that 10-year deal. And it's because of his age. If you had done this when you're 27, 28, you would come into the league at twenty-three. I would understand. That's fine because you're you're going to be 38, just like Albert Poole's. That, that's okay. And if you produce a little more in the postseason, I understand that. He just hasn't. And that's why, to me, he's not worth it. He's not going to get it. I think you're going to overpay for him. And then so if you get the one ring, like if Bryce Harper right now gets the ring for the Philadelphia Philly fans, is that going to be enough for you in that 13, 14-year deal that he signed? Because for me, that's not worth it. That's not worth that contract. I'm sorry. These big-time contracts, they give stability, but one World Series is enough. Alex Rodriguez gave us one World Series. I mean, he carried us to the World Series, but that's not enough. I'm still pissed. (laughs) I'm still pissed for the 06, the 07, not making it to the postseason 08 oh 20, 2010 I understood because they lost George Steinbrenner and uh Bob Shepard's voice within a week of each other yeah, That, that I underst- 2012 still pisses me off because if Jeter hadn't gone down we wouldn't have been swept by the Tigers probably would have better put a better damn fight than the Giants or against the Giants than the Tigers did because they got swept so it's just it's really difficult to see all these years kind of wasted when they, the Yankees have had the teams they just have not they've been facing better teams instead or at that time anyways
1: yeah I mean also to point out I mean with these injuries I mean you had to start uh well you had more uh, at bats for Matt Carpenter who seriously he the guy was just striking out the whole series yeah like so, so many strikeouts i mean if you knew this was going to happen then you may as well just have kept like joey gallo because gallo probably would have at least you know gotten a few more hits
0: <laughs> would he though
1: <laughs> he could have i mean i mean there's clearly a reason why the cardinals got rid of carpenter <laughs>
0: it could happen <laughs> Uh, By the way, this is the 11th time in LCS history or LCS began in 1969 that both the pennants were clinched on the same day in a single postseason. The last time this happened was October 14th, 1992. which Which I believe would have been the Braves and the Blue Jays, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's correct because that was the first time the Blue Jays won the World Series, and then obviously, you know, the Braves—they're the team of the '90s because they made the they made the World Series so many times in that decade. It's surprising they only won just one.
0: Were they really the team of the 90, '90s? Because here's the funny thing: the Yankees were the team of that decade because they had won three uh, in that decade, and two of those were against the Braves.
1: <laughs> yeah, but apparently, uh, when not many people count championships as much because apparently, uh they only they count like appearances apparently that's what matters because you know that's how you give people like aaron Rodgers credibility credibility in football i <laughs> know um, i know it's a side oh, that's this,
0: what we do <laughs> but, but i had to bring it up <laughs> so now we have the world series no you're fine now we have the world series matchup which we were both wrong with by the way uh we both picked the yankees and the uh the padres uh, I think I won this, by the way, the postseason. Because, and here's the reason why I say I won this. I picked Cleveland. You picked Tampa Bay. And if I'm looking at the wild card, you didn't have any right. I had at least one right in the wild card, which is why I was I have that one game advantage over you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could mark it out that way because I, I was dead on the spot with all my predictions. and. And, and I mean, I'm the, looking, the, the I mean, division was different. the. My makeup divisional round was better because I at least changed my pick to the Phillies, <laughs> but that's
0: what I got. You did. You did. Because uh, I'm looking at the wild card. You can't see it. I can, though. Uh, Toronto and three, we were both wrong. Cle- uh, wait, didn't Cleveland play? One. Yeah. Cleveland 1, yeah, Cleveland be, one and two. Which I got right. Yep, St. Louis lost, which we both picked in two, and we both lost to the Mets. Actually, we would have been close with the Mets, by the way, had they won against the Padres. Um, The Divisional Series, we were... I was wrong. You were wrong, because you picked the Yankees in three. I picked them in four. We were both wrong about the American League Divisional Series. Uh, Yeah, so actually, you tied up. I just realized this. You tied me. So, all right. We are tied going into the World Series. How about that. It's tied. To whoever wins the World Series pick, and I think we both are going to pick the same team. I'm not sure what you're going to do. I'm never sure what this Giants fan is going to do, uh, and also Red Sox fan. But uh, it is the Phillies. It is the Astros. Fun fact, Justin Verlander has a record of 0-6 with an ERA of 5-6-8. And 39 strikeouts in the World Series in his career. And also, by the way, he is one of two pitchers. If I could find my uh, graphic that I found today that I thought was very interesting. He is one of two pitchers with World Series starts in three different decades. Do you know who that other starter is?
1: That World Series starts in three different decades, you said? Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh-huh. This is not Stump Peg's moment, by the way. No, that I know. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, going to be an NFL question.
1: Yeah, okay. Um. Man, three different decades. Can I'm going to give gonna, you a hint. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
0: All right. This pitcher is only pitched in the American League. This pitcher has pitched. All right. This should kind of break it down a little bit easier for you. Has pitched for the Yankees, the Red Sox and the Astros at one point in his career or another.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that definitely breaks it down. <laughs> I believe it's uh I believe it was Roger Clemens, wasn't it?
0: It is. Yep, Roger Clemens and Justin Verlander, the only pitchers with World Series starts in 3 decades. Crazy that Justin Verlanders joined that because it's, it's even crazier to think. I remember when he came up with the Tigers in 06, and man, his fastball was so good. But it was Joel Zumaya who ended up taking the whole postseason by storm because he was the first guy that was consistently pitching with 100 miles per hour fastballs. And then it was Chapman coming in left handed doing it. I think it was either that same year or the year after that really started doing this consistently. Now, unfortunately, Joel Zamaya ended up, I think, messing up his arm afterwards. But Chapman had always been doing it more consistent as a left-hander. But I remember Joel Zamaya, Joel and I remember that 06 Tigers team that Justin Verlander was on because they beat the Yankees in four. And it, it really sucks, but he... Verlander has been pitching so well, but it's crazy to believe that he has an 0-6 record in the World Series. Because look at all the teams that he's faced. He's faced off against the the Giants, who Pablo Sandoval had at least two more runs against him in 2012. He f- went against the St. Louis Cardinals in 6 in his first World Series start. He went against the Dodgers, uh he went against Juan Soto and the and the Nationals he went against the Braves last was it last year? Yeah, last yeah, year last, in the World yeah, Series. So it, it's kind of interesting like has he faced that many better teams than him or were those teams just better and he just couldn't do it in a moment. This year he looks a lot different. Uh this year, he posted a 175 ERA. Uh, his stretch of dominance was put in perspective by Anthony Kastramitz of NMLB Network, who said, who shared a stat that showed how long his time is high. As a high quality pitcher has been. Verlander obviously has joined only uh, Clemens as the only pitchers ever to start a World Series game in three decades. And Clemens made his start in 1986 with the Red Sox and the Yankees in the 90s and early 2000s, and coincidentally with the uh, Astros. Verlander has pitched 06, 2012, and uh, 2017. So it, it's just crazy to believe that he's been doing this for so long. And. Now we, we get to pick who is going to be this year's World Series champ. Is it going to be the Philadelphia Phillies? Are the fighting Phil's going to fight to live another day? Or the Astros going to prove that, hey, we didn't need to cheat just like the New England Patriots because we were just that damn good than all of you? Yeah,
1: all right. So, I mean, you want me to go first? Or? Yeah, I'll let you go first. All right, I mean, to briefly just talk about the Phillies, I mean, what a run it's been. I mean, the take on down the Cardinals team that had them against the wall, you know, 2 nothing lead in the one wild card game in the ninth, and yet the Phillies rallied from that. And then going up against the defending champion Braves, it was difficult seeing how, you know, the Braves had themselves a great year. And then you look at this San Diego series. I mean, I thought, you know, the San Diego series could go to distance, but yet, Philadelphia put them down. They took, they, they put them in their place, and the lineup showed up. I mean, this is such a good lineup with guys like Real Muto, Harper, along with uh, Kyle Schwarber. You know, the I guy can Schwarber he can kill the ball. And I mean, Schwarber's a lovable guy. And then you look at uh, Castellanos, especially, and then you look at Reese Hoskins, who's actually having himself a good postseason. Yeah, he is. And you know, he, he was he was he was there for the long haul. You know, before all these other guys showed up. So, so good, good credit to Toskins and then you look at the other guys who are filling in. Bryson Stott, he has a great bat. Gene Segura, he's finally in the postseason. Let you look at that, Gene Segura. And then you know, Alec Bohm. I'm happy for Bohm because I was an intern at the Fightin' Phils in Reading when he was I'm there. Um, <laughs> but no, but it, it was just cool to hear his name and you know, knowing that he was actually there in Reading. Before he worked his way up to Philadelphia, now he's gonna be playing in this big series. And Philadelphia going to their first World Series. I mean, fans are so excited, and you know to see Philadelphia enjoying baseball again. I mean, Philadelphia sports. I'll admit they're on uh, a good run oh, right it's now. Hair. Because except
0: I mean, the uh, the Flyers.
1: Actually, well, no, the Flyers are actually doing good. The Sixers are the ones that are actually uh, not winning oh, games no, okay. right now. Because they lost they lost to the Spurs the other night. Yes. the yeah! thing. <laughs> I was going to say, you're happy about that. You would keep talking about them Spurs. <laughs> I've like,
0: not paid attention to basketball at all.
1: Well, I mean, it, 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 it will start once, you know, the postseason, MLB postseason's done. That's where it starts to pick up for exactly. us. Yep. And then, um, but yes, that Philadelphia, great run so far. And now you're keeping Rob Thompson as manager because this guy got you to a World Series. Joe Girardi's firing. Was the best decision they made, and they they just have not looked back on it. They put pl- they have played up to this point, and the crazy thing is is that they ended their regular season in Houston. Now they got to go back there and try and finish the job. It's crazy. And how- By the
0: way, Girardi could get a second win, his second championship, if the Phillies win the World Series. By the way,
1: because he still gets a ring, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, fire me. Win my ring for me. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get it in the mail. Oh, look at that!
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. But then, um, I mean, Philadelphia—they played good at home. If you've noticed that, they've won, I believe, every single home game they've played. Um, obviously, they're in order to win the series, they they'll be playing more games in Houston, so they're gonna have to do that. But I think Houston is out for revenge. I mean, they this is their fourth time in the last six years. And they know that since they beat the Yankees this year, they have the most to prove to make sure that they keep this championship as credible because th- this will shut up the haters. They know that if they win this World Series, people will at least lean back on the whole thing. Yeah, but look at what people did with the Patriots. People criticized the Patriots as cheaters, but then all of a sudden, you know, 28-3 to 3 happens. They're and winning. No- nobody really complains about it as much anymore it's like they, they act like it doesn't exist because why else are you calling Tom Brady the goat and then uh not, I mean Houston has this series I think it's still going to go the distance knowing that you know Philadelphia's got that dangerous lineup but I think uh Houston's going to win this and I, I think Houston's going to win in five games
0: all right I'm writing down Houston in five. <sighs> Cause here's the fun thing. It's going to be, it's going to come down to, uh, obviously I'm picking the Houston Astros and I hate saying that, but I think it's going to be interesting if the Astros win. And then all of a sudden they act like baseball is on to them and they fa- they figured out a different way to cheat. I don't think that's the case. But I I'm I wouldn't be surprised if something happens like that. I just wouldn't. You're without Springer. You're without Correa. You're without the former manager and former GM that allowed all this. You know, yeah, bullshit to and happen. Yeah, and it just I I hope it doesn't happen, but. Part of me is like, I wonder, because that's the problem that I have with the Astros. I'm always going to wonder, are you really that good, or are you just hiding it better now and not getting caught? Um, I love the the offense of the Phillies. I really do. I think Schwarber, is, he just hits bombs. That's all he does. He's the bomb. Uh, Bryce Harper, I... I hate to say it, but Bryce Harper's really impressed me right now in this postseason run. And it's not even just him; it's the home guy, Reese Hoskins, who's really like taking on Philly as himself. Now, I hope Castellanos has a better series than he did against LCS because he didn't really do much in that one. Yeah. Um, I also like the fact that they have the their former hitting coach of the Yankees on this Phillies team, uh, Long, who was on the 9 World Series team for the Yankees.
1: Kevin oh yeah, Long. yeah. Remember, uh, I remember that Gregorius was on this team too. So wouldn't he get a ring? I think. If the he was too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, another Yankee. <laughs> so and also another Yankee who is closing for the Phillies. David Robertson who who was the setup guy for Mariano Rivera in 08 or 09 against this Philadelphia Phillies team. So there's a lot of Yankee ties into this Philadelphia Phillies team. I just hate Philadelphia personally. I I've never I've always felt sorry for the Phillies. I've always kind of liked them. But you're going against like the best team in baseball. You're going against the best, i the most lovable manager that has never won. And there's a really interesting fact that I found about him that happened on this day in history, which I'll get to in a little bit on the show. Um, but I, I love Dusty Baker. I think he was always one of those managers that always inherited a great team he just went against a better team in the postseason. But I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think the Astros are going to win. And it pains me to say because I was actually talking to a co-worker of mine today. I'm like, I want to root for the Phillies. I will root for them. But senses say, reality says, the Astros are a much better team. I mean, hell, if you look at some of their stats that I looked up today, um the the Phillies bullpen no longer resembles the faulty unit that posts the three nine eight ERA in a regular season. Its ERA is a three one nine in the playoffs, and that's largely thanks to the trio of Sir Anthony Dominique, uh Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, and David Robertson. Uh, together, those three struck out thirty batters and racked up or racked up a two point three three ERA over nineteen and one third innings of this postseason so far. Houston. Has McCullers and Javier Christian Javier, who combined for 257 ERA as starters during the regular season, and so far in the postseason have yielded a 168 ERA with 18 strikeouts over 16 and one third inning. Uh, we talked about Justin Verlander and his struggles, but I think they're all going to put that behind it him and them and the Astros and really show, like, hey, we're better. We don't need to cheat because we're just that much better than you. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain it, but I do like Jeremy Pena. I think he's a really good pickup for this Astros team uh, to replace Carlos Correa. They got Kyle Tucker. Uh, Chaz McCormick has been a really good outfielder for them. And the up and coming to me, Jordan Alvarez, who it reminds me of a younger David Ortiz. He's still a great at bat. And that's the problem with with this with this Astros hitting lineup 1 through 9 they can hit you it's not just 1 through 6 and then to left the bottom half kind of float around it's 1 through 9 and in the Phillies it is 1 through 6 and i think that's the Astros are just a better complete team i again i'm hoping that it goes the distance because When you look at the Nationals, they went seven. Only road teams won every game, which is shocking to think. The Braves put a hurt on the Astros last year in the postseason. Uh, There's a lot of hurt that the Astros have had over the years. But they had that 2017 World Series that they can't deny. And I think Astros are going to do it again. I'm picking them. Uh, I'm trying to think. If I want to beat you... I'm going to pick them in six because then that'll break our tiebreaker and I would get it exactly right. So I think it's going to be six. I think the Phillies will tie it or will tie the series in Houston. They'll split in Houston. And I think that pivotal game five, Houston's going to take it and then win it in Houston for their fans.
1: Yeah, I mean – (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking, I was, I was thinking six, but then yeah, I'll stick a five.
0: All right. So Noah has them in five. I have them in six. We've been wrong way too long in this postseason run. So what do we? Uh, so what do we, So what do we do if they would somehow win it in four? Then no one wins. Huh. Right. I mean, if Houston <laughs> wins, like we each win, but no one really wins, you know? Yeah. Because we didn't pick that in four. Yeah, I'll send you half a I'll I'll send you half
1: a trophy. <laughs> we'll split the trophy. <laughs> yeah, no, just send like half of it. Yeah. Do you want do you want the top half or the bottom half?
0: <laughs> uh I'll probably take the bottom half. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, that I mean our postseason record is not great this year. Let's no. just face that. It's we we've we've hit a rough spot. <laughs> Well, our basketball predictions
1: weren't too good either. I mean, and I, don't, I don't even know if I want to talk about my NFL predictions right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, according to our Mad 5 picks, which we're going to in a second anyways, you had a 5-0 and week last week. I had a 4-1 and week last week, and you have a three-game lead over me in our Mad 5 picks right now, um, which also brings me to Stump Pegs moment, which I love. So right now, if I'm not mistaken – I've stumped you 15 times. Yeah. I have the under of 25 times of stumping you. You have the over. So there's another like kind of bet that we're doing. Um, this one I found on Instagram, and if I can find my graphic once again of where I actually found this. There it is. It is from CBS Sports. So uh, under Kyle Shanahan. It's kind of surprising, actually. When trailing by three points or more entering the fourth quarter, what is the records the record of the 49ers in that span? Are they two and 17, one for 30, five for 25, or 10 of 20? So in under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by three points or more entering the fourth quarter what is the record of the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan are they two and 17 one and 30 five for 25 or 10 of 20 I'm gonna go two for 17 two for 17 Wow I have to admit right now this is the like quickest you've ever answered by the way <laughs> yeah so that is your final answer. Final answer. Two for seventeen. <laughs> and, woohoo! I should put like the uh, the Six Flags music. I don't know why. Have you ever heard the Six Flags music from uh, New England? No.
1: Well, I've heard that. Yeah. Have you ever seen the
0: commercial for it? It's hilarious because it's like this old guy. It's actually a woman dancing around. I love the song. But once again, we have stump pegs. Their record under Kyle Shanahan is one for (laughs) thirty. That's bad for Kyle Shanahan, one of the greatest offensive uh, head coaches of all time. Ooh, one for thirty. Not good at all. Um, right now in our match five picks last week, Noah was five and zero. I was four and one. Um. Uh, next week, when we go back into doing our show again, it'll be week eight. So it'll actually. Is it technically midway of the NFL season since there's 17 weeks? Well, like, yeah. Do you you want mean, to do that next week or.
1: Why do you talk about our predictions or.
0: Yeah. Like, do we want to have our revision of our record next week or do we want to do that like another time
1: Let, let's just wait a little longer because uh, this season's kind of unpre- right. unpredictable right now I mean a bunch there are a bunch of teams that have like three or four wins that could turn it around I mean the the Buccaneers are terrible three or losing four. yeah losing to the Steelers and to the Panthers in back-to-back weeks and then the Packers they've lost three in a row like w- yep It's everyone's like wondering what is going on with Rogers and Brady
0: and the Jets are five and two. And since my son has been born, they have not lost their four straight games.
1: You should have named your kid Joe like Joe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it, but my wife and I already damn it decided Uh, a quick thing about week eight, by the way. It's the old school NFC East. The combined winning percentage of the NFC East teams this season is 741, and they're 20 and 7 in the division. The highest winning percentage by a single division throughout the first seven weeks of a season since. Do you know what year?
1: Um, I'm guessing uh, 1982.
0: No, 2002. Uh, off by twenty um, years <laughs> <a little> bit <laughs> only two other occasions since realignment has a division had a winning percentage of seven hundred or higher through the first seven weeks. Uh, 2013 AFC West, they were 19 and 8, and AFC NFC West in 2020, they were 19 and 8 as well. So the uh, NFC East is back. Oh, the NFC sucks. They're they're not gonna win. The Commanders suck. The Cowboys can't do anything. The Giants can't do anything. Well, they're the best division back in football. Imagine that. Imagine when you write off a team or a group of teams and think that they can't do anything. But, oh, wait, by the way, they also have three of those teams have the easiest schedule on the NFL docket. Just to point that out there, by the way. Wait, who has the easy schedule? The Giants, the Cowboys, and the uh, the Eagles all have the three easiest schedules in the NFL. Look it up.
1: Well, I mean, you're talking about because we played the uh, we played the AFC South this year, and and I mean, you look at, at even some of the other games. Yes, we play against teams like the I played the Giants played against the Panthers, and then you know we the the AFC North's not too good either right now.
0: Nope, but you know who else is another good division right now? The AFC East with the Bills and the Jets, and the Jets are one game away from first place if the Bills lose Sunday night which I don't think they will but if they lose the Jets are breathing down their necks and the Jets could finally finally beat the Patriots the first time since 2015 the year that I got married was the last time the Jets have beaten the Patriots and that was with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing the game-winning touchdown to Eric Decker in the that year in New York because it was that season that they were this close you can't see me my screen because my camera's off for some stupid reason. Yeah, that close of winning <laughs> and going to the postseason. First time since twenty ten. But, you know. By the way, the Seattle Seahawks are four and three who have won three of their last four. And the New York Giants are six and one who have won four straight meet this Sunday. And uh yeah. But you have this week's Mad Five picks, so I'm gonna let you start so I can get my uh, papers back up and I can write some crap down while you're talking.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. As uh, we have <laughs> five other games of this week, we uh, start off with the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota right now. Minnesota is favored only by three and a half. And you look at Arizona so far, they turned it around with a uh, Thursday night football win last week. And they are currently, tied for second in their division which you know is the rams and 49ers at three and four who also i believe will be playing this weekend and then yep. you have the vikings leading the division and trying to keep up with the eagles who are their only <laughs> loss so far but right now Minnesota's favored by three and a half uh eric i'll let you go first for this one who are you taking
0: by the way, I'm looking at our, our uh, predictions. Neither one of us picked Minnesota to win that division. Um, so the Vikings lead this series all-time, 15-12. and 12. It's going to be on uh, Fox with Chris Myers and Mark Schlereth. Uh, oh, man. It's also Patrick Peterson's uh, revenge game, by the way, oh. against his former team. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins had 10 catches for 103 yards in his uh, season debut last week on Thursday Night Football, which I did not watch. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I've actually watched many Thursday Night Football games this year, and I probably won't watch this week's either with Tampa Bay and Baltimore. But that's not the game we're talking about. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, I'm going to go with Minnesota in this one. I think Kirk Cousins finally has a coach that believes in him. And I think that's been his biggest problem is he didn't really have much, much trust. And I feel like he finally has it. Now, the Cardinals are going to be dangerous because they have Hopkins and they have Kyler Murray. But I think the defense of the Vikings, the trust that Kirk Cousins has in, this, in his um, – Firm's coach and the weapons with Thielen and Jefferson and Cook. I think it's just more for Minnesota, and it means more for them as well because they want to consi- they want to stay consistent in winning. And uh, yeah, I think Minnesota needs this game more. I, well, I think Arizona needs this game more, but I think Minnesota wants this game more, and I think that's why I'm picking them. Who do you got?
1: Now, for this game, I mean, I'm taking Minnesota too. As uh, the Vikings looking at uh,
0: just how their defense is. um, Can't make up any ground on you.
1: I mean, we have five picks. I mean, so. um, And this this one, I mean, you look uh, (laughs) 19.7 points allowed. I mean, the Vikings have been able to stop the points from being run up on the board. And Minnesota has played good against their division teams. I mean,. They even took on the Lions, who had one of the best scoring offenses for the first few weeks, and then they took down Miami. They're also coming off of a bye week, so they'll be well rested, and to take on a uh, yep. a Cardinals team who, technically, some would say, would is also well rested because although playing on Thursday night is uh, bad when you have a quick turnaround, it's kind of uh, nice when you have to wait until like the very next Sunday to play a game because it gives you that extra long time to give a game plan and. Arizona, I mean, they, I'm sure they'll find some bounce back wins here, but I don't think it's here. I think uh, Minnesota is going to play well at home. And, I mean, these Viking fans, they're excited for uh, what's ahead for them because, you know, they're playing well, and they don't have to hear about, you know, Aaron Rodgers being, you know, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going with the Vikings.
0: All right. So who is our next Mad 5 pick game?
1: All right, so yes, next matchup is uh, a game that was mentioned that – who knew this was going to be a great matchup? Giants and Seahawks. I mean, everyone was probably thinking, okay, this is going to be some, like, you know, local market game where, you know, Chris Myers and whoever is going to cover this game because, you know, it doesn't really matter who watches it, and it's just going to be between two teams trying to decide who's going to get a higher draft pick. But, no, the New York Giants have won so many games – and so far, our only loss is to those Cowboys. And then the Seattle Seahawks right now, I mean, they, they're, they're, Seahawks are up and down. You know, one minute they're beating Denver and
0: taking down. Well, everyone uh, beats Denver right now.
1: Yeah, taking down Denver and Arizona. But then the next week they're losing to, like, Atlanta. And then they lose to San Francisco as well. And Seattle, I mean, Geno Smith, a crazy uh, Comeback of a season. Right now, in, in this one, it is in Seattle. Yes, home of the 12th man, which has uh, got some stuff that yeah, they're cheering for. CBS also reports that there might be rain, but you know it's Seattle, so you, you wouldn't expect anything less. And then it always then, uh,
0: rains in Seattle.
1: Yeah. And uh, it, right now, Seattle's actually favored by three. I'll, I'll go first because you know I let you go first last time. And You're I mean, pick the Giants. Well, I mean, you you, you kind of <laughs> felt like it. I mean, let's face it, New York is playing so good right now, and I mean, we played a lot of home games. Now is our chance to go out on the road and show what we're made of. And right now, I mean, our passing game it's not it's practically non-existent, and we just traded Kadarius Tony today for a third and a sixth round pick, and now we have to at least focus on uh, that part later. And right now you're looking at uh, Daniel Jones. I mean, he's got 1,223 passing yards. He compared that to Gino. Who's at 170, uh, one, 1,712 with 11 touchdown passes, man, Gino Smith, like people are ranking him as like a top 10 QB right now, just on the statistics. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And he bl- used to play for you guys in the jets.
0: <laughs> yeah. He got drafted by us.
1: Yeah. He got drafted by you. And then had uh, his job, had his jaw broken at some point And then, uh, Hey, but, didn't he get punched in the face? Yeah, it was a personal <laughs> issue. got punched right in the face and broke his jaw and sidelined him for, like, I think, almost two and a half months. Um, yeah, and then uh, to look at uh, some of these other uh, matchups, you're looking at uh, Giants who are second in rushing while um, the defense in stopping the rush for Seattle is 29th. But then uh, Seattle's uh, very good. Um, more more so on their offense because uh, you know it's different now. We always talked about Legion of Boom, but now we're talking about uh, how the offense is more of a bigger role. But Giants offense is tenth best, or Giants defense, uh, excuse me, is better um, stopping the pass, which is kind of surprising, you know, because it feels like we give up too many third down opportunities. But it does. I'm taking the New York Giants. We've found ways to win close games and. I think this is a good way to go into our bye week um, before we uh, head home and take on the Texans. I'm taking the Giants and hoping we can get the seven and one. It's something Ooh, I do
0: say. Are, you guys are against the uh, the Texans. That's a big one after your bye week. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. I mean, we got to go in with that, uh, that Alabama
1: mentality. Anyone can beat us. <laughs>
0: Uh, the Giants are the third team ever after the 2000 Minnesota Vikings and the 98 New Orleans Saints to have six wins, each with the final score margin of eight or fewer points in each win of the first seven games of the season. It also leads the NFL. Uh, they lead the NFL with 173 rushing yards per game in 2022. Saquon Barkley is finally becoming the Penn State Nittany line that we had seen and fell in love with. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks though. I'm going with the home team. I'm going with an upset as well. I for some reason I don't know why, but the Seahawks scare me a little bit because of how well they are and how bad their division is doing right now. I mean the Rams and the uh, who is it? the Rams and the 49ers. Niners? They play, yeah, they play the same game as well, so that's gonna. Push the uh, the Seahawks. They're playing with a lot of confidence, and Kenneth Walker is now the running back of Michigan State that we had seen uh, last season for Michigan State. I I like this team, and they scare me of how good they are and how well they're performing. And they're the they're one of the ultimate underdogs right now in the NFL. I mean, how many people really picked that the Seahawks would be four and three and a division winner? No one. No yeah. one picked them. We picked the Rams to be it. We didn't think the Seahawks were going to do anything good, especially no. without Russell Wilson. Now that without Russell Wilson, was he the issue? I mean, that's yet to be determined, but I'm going with Seattle in this one. I think Seattle's really got a good game uh, game plan, and they're playing great. Well, I
1: mean, you're talking about this being an upset. It's only an upset based off of record because technically Seattle's like the favorite. So, I mean, Giants would be considered underdog, but, you know.
0: Let yeah. me have my moment.
1: <laughs> Let me have your moment off camera. And uh, <laughs> crazy. I mean, I've only seen you for like only a, about 10 minutes. And then, you know. he's
0: Actually, not even. It was like five minutes. Like, see ya!
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: And now we go on to our
1: next game, which is. Uh the one game I'm sure a lot of people will be watching 49ers Rams rematch of the NFC conference championship game of last season, where, you know, it was an excellent game. And the, the Rams who ended up coming away with the victory and going on to win their Super Bowl. And the 49ers are actually favored in this one by one and a half. Of course, you got to remember this was supposed to be the year of Trey Lance. Now it's turned into the year of Jimmy Garoppolo and yeah. the The Rams have had their own issues, like losing to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. And then in other weeks, you are losing other games along the way. Like they lost to San Francisco. They lost to Buffalo. But then you're beating teams like Carolina, which, you know, everyone's supposed to be Carolina unless you're Tom Brady. And you have uh, this game where San Francisco won the first matchup. That was in Santa Clara. Now this one's going to be in the nice home comforts of SoFi. Eric, who are you going to take in this one?
0: Uh, see, I picked the 49ers last week, and I lost with them. I don't remember the last time I actually picked the Rams, and they won. Actually, I did not pick them against the. I picked against them in week one when we did this against the Bills. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the defense. And I think... Oh, crap. Now, that's the problem. Do you go against... Aaron Donald, or do you go against Nick Bosa? <laughs> ah, this is tough. This is the uh, game of the week on Fox, by the way, with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Ah, man. The 49ers lead the all-time series. This is in L.A., where the season ended last year, right? Yeah. For the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. I hate to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I think this time they're not going to let me down, and I want to make up some time and some games on you, so that's why I'm going with them, because I feel like you're going to go with the Rams.
1: What are you, psychic?
0: (laughs) Uh, Am I really? You are going with the Rams?
1: Yeah. I mean, I am picking L.A. I (laughs) mean – I think the home field will play uh, well at least help them this time. I mean, I think uh Stafford knows that they need a big win here to take down San Francisco. Um I know the offensive line has had their issues, but I think if as long as it's a close game, I think McVay can uh, get it done. So, I'm taking the uh the LA Rams.
0: All right. Sweet. So, yeah, I you may be, be able to make up some time.
1: Yeah, you some may it, again, that that <laughs> that's uh the whole risk at all moment. I mean, you could either be uh, so right where you'll make up ground or you could be so wrong and just falling
0: behind. True. But, uh, I could be the hero that we need or the villain that everyone wanted. <laughs> what is that saying from the Dark Knight?
1: No, the, the Dark Knight is you either live you you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
0: There it is. That's that's the one I was thinking of. I couldn't think of it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what uh, Tom Brady's becoming right now. <laughs> so.
0: Well. Uh. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then uh, next game. This one was uh, obviously you look at records. You could point at like other big matchups, but I fo- found this one to you know be kind of a coin flip. It's the Washington Commanders. Versus the Indianapolis Colts. Right now, this was supposed to be a matchup between Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, but instead, we're gonna get Taylor Heineke and Sam <laughs> Ellinger from the University of Texas. Yes, remember no, no the guy who you, know, you remember him from uh, the video after I believe they won like the Sugar Bowl or something, and he's like, "Longhorn Nation, we're back!"
0: <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, damn. yeah. Didn't they beat? Didn't Texas beat Alabama? Was that the one?
1: No, I don't think Texas ever
0: beat us. I mean. Hold on. Who did they – or was it Georgia that they beat? I don't – I remember Sam and uh, I'm trying to remember what college he played because obviously whatever – it was a big bowl game. I remember that. And I'm looking this up right now as we're uh, talking about it because they had a good bowl game and they beat whoever it was. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're back. And we're like, calm down, calm down.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was against Georgia. And um,
0: That's who, uh, I knew it was an SEC team.
1: Yeah, because because that was the All-State Sugar Bowl. And not sure if I wonder, I'm trying to remember if that was the one where there was a whole thing with uh their mascots because you had a giant longhorn and a bulldog and i think the longhorn kind of charged at the bulldog
0: (laughs) yeah now i remember this Yep, the 2019 sugar bowl for texas and georgia calvin wrigley was playing he's a and devin duvernay was playing in that game
1: wow um all right so to keep it going as uh you look at uh these these two teams with their seasons i mean you have had indianapolis with their uh blows of losing to jacksonville and then losing to tennessee twice and yet somehow indianapolis has stayed alive with beating kansas city of all teams and then beating out denver in a uh, overtime matchup while you look at washington they took down a team in jacksonville yep and they ended up beating chicago chicago excuse me and then uh, oh. they ended up taking down uh Green Bay last week, which you know stunned the world because it's like, how on earth does Green Bay lose in Washington? But now in this game, you have a, it's Indianapolis actually favored as uh,
0: in the two.
1: In, in Indianapolis, yes. So domed conditions, but I mean, I'm gonna go with this um, pick first, and uh, I'm taking right. the Commanders. I know it's uh, <laughs> kind of a uh. stretch, but I mean, I think. Taylor Heineke, obviously, with the more experience. I mean, Ellinger is going to come into this tough matchup. I mean, I'm sure uh, Ron Rivera will have some interesting scheme called up. And, I mean, Indianapolis, they've had too many ups and downs. And, I mean, I don't really know what Frank Reich is doing here with this system. I mean, I think he's going to be on the hot seat soon enough um, due to the fact that, you know, he's been here for a while. He came after uh, the Eagles had won the Super Bowl, but yet... Indianapolis, you know, always expects a lot more, knowing that you have good quality talent. And you know, you, there's only so much you could do with blaming it on the quarterback. But I think uh, Washington yeah. will get to 500 this week, so I'm going with the Commanders.
0: So either I can really make up some ground mm-hmm. because I'm going the opposite. I'm going Indy. Okay. Uh, on the Mad Five picks, I like it has nothing to do with Ellinger making his first start, uh, but. If they can run the ball – with Heinz and if Taylor, I don't really know if Taylor's playing or not because it doesn't seem like he's been playing really well recently. Uh, he had 85 scrimmage yards and a career high seven catches last week. So maybe he is back. Uh, and he's also aiming for his fourth in a row versus the NFC with 95 plus scrimmage yards and has a rushing touchdown in the last two of his past three games against the NFC. I think if the Colts defense can really wreak havoc on the Commanders offense, I think the Indianapolis Colts will win this game. I, to me, I think this game is a very big stretch because the Colts are three three and one, the Commanders are three and four. So either way, the Colts could be four and three or three and four at the same time. But I, I'm gonna go with the Colts in this one against the Commanders. I don't know why. I just feel like if I really want to make up some <laughs> ground on you in a round five picks, or I could just really lose the ground and have a really bad week. So,
1: well, we have but three di- we have three differing picks so far. So this is gonna be quite some week. I mean i I added this one to what? try and make the. I mean, I tried to. I, I added this game to make to make it interesting between the Commanders and Colts. But yet, so far, this yeah. is an interesting week in its own. All right, so last one is the Sunday night game that a lot of people are excited for, depending on who you ask. And <laughs> you have Buffalo coming off a bye, and they'll be taking on the 3-4 and four Green Bay Packers. It's definitely different saying 3-4 and four when you're talking about the Packers. But, yeah, Buffalo, who's playing in their home stadium, and they are favored by 11 and a half. You have Aaron Rodgers who, you know, is starting to throw his teammates under the bus. And you have Josh Allen who everywhere he's going, he's getting an MVP chance because he's been playing so well with over seventeen touchdown passes. It's ridiculous what he's been able to do. <laughs> he's also their leading rusher with two hundred and fifty seven yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's how good this guy is. And he's like what, like six foot four? Like a tall guy just running all over the place and carrying his team on offense. But as mentioned, Buffalo is favored in this one by 11 and a half on Sunday night football. As you know, it's Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth as always. And um I, I believe I picked first last time. So Eric, you, you go ahead.
0: Is there really even, don't we both go Buffalo in this one? <laughs> I had to ask. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, right now, Buffalo is the better team. Buffalo is the more complete team. Buffalo is the Super Bowl favorite. They have the uh, MVP favorite right now with Josh Allen. It's old school versus new school. It is just – it's Von Miller versus Aaron Rodgers. And also, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm looking at some of my other uh, pictures and notes, Green Bay all time in Buffalo is 0-6 so I'm going to go Buffalo in this one. And I'm pretty sure you're going Buffalo as well.
1: Kind of have to, I mean, the bills are coming in red hot off of a buy and green Bay needs to figure out their own issues. And some of it is the fact that they don't have the good quality talent that, you know, everyone's saying Devonte Adams, but I mean, how much longer can Rogers keep this going? I mean, the guy is in his late thirties and he's clearly dealing with uh mental issues, I mean, you, you got to think off-the-field issues with uh, both Rodgers and Brady. They both had relationships ending, as you got to remember. Rodgers was engaged, and, you know, he could have been married, but then, you know, that ended up being called off, and then, you know, he's, like, oh, doing, doing his own thing. And then <laughs> you look at Brady, obviously, with Giselle, and some people think, you know, that could be playing an issue. And But Rodgers... Needs to try and uh, bring his teammates back together, or otherwise, it's just going to be a real bumpy season for Packer fans. And Buffalo is coming in very hot, and they know they have to play at their best to make sure they don't slip up, or otherwise, Kansas City will crawl their way back up to that top spot. But I'm taking the Bills because, you know, Bills Mafia is going to show up.
0: Yep. And it's in Buffalo, and the Bills are just a better team. Like, you can't really go against the Bills at all right now. I mean, even against Kansas City, uh, you just can't go against them.
1: All right, so we so, uh, uh, had our five picks. We agreed on the uh, Vikings and Cardinals game. We disagreed on the Giants versus Seahawks, the Rams woo. and the fort9ers and the Commanders woo. and the Colts. This is going to be an interesting week. And hopefully, I make
0: up and hopefully I make up my, my games on you because I'm already down by three. So I got to make it up somehow, right?
1: Yeah, somehow. I mean, honestly, whenever I pick games, it's like I get on a good run. And then, you know, it's like, okay, where do I go from here? And, you know, you, you try to see who's hot and who's cold at the time. And then, you know, some, sometimes I just have a bad week. So, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: Let's hope you have a bad week. <laughs> Of course, you think that. So that is our mad five. Of course, I would. That is our mad five picks uh, today. I got the fun of doing uh, the uh, the honest oh, day in sports history, which I actually enjoy because today's on on this day in sports history is a really good one. Uh, in 1985, the World Series, Kansas City. Routed St. Louis Cardinals eleven nothing at World Stadium for four games to three series win. The MVP of that World Series was Brett Saberhagen. Also on this day in sports history, Billy Martin is fired by the Yankees for the fourth time in his career. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, some bad news for your team in 1986 the new york mets won their second world series title against the boston red sox eight to five at shea stadium for four games to three series win the mets infield ray knight was the mvp that was also yesterday i guess would have been the the historical it's under his glove buckner's glove so uh that happened a lot of World Series stuff happened today. 1991, the Minnesota Twins beat the Braves 1-0 in 10 in Game 7 of the Metrodome. It was the second title since the move to Minneapolis. The Twins pitcher, Jack Morris, was the MVP on that one. Ninety-five, there was a contract uh, finalizing the Cleveland Browns move to Baltimore is signed. That was an interesting one. In 1999, the World Series sing- or, uh, New... Which one was it? 99. Why did it go so far away? What the heck is going on with my computer? Uh, the Yankees beat the team of the 90s uh, four games to one in game four or four to one in game four at Yankee Stadium to sweep the Braves and retain the uh, champ, the World Series Championship. The best closer in all of baseball, Mariano Rivera, was the, uh, cl- the MVP. In 2002, the Anaheim Angels. Yes, the Anaheim Angels. Not the Los Angeles Angels. The Anaheim Angels beat the San Francisco Giants 4-1 to in Game 7 at Edison Field to win the Angels' first World Series title. The first baseman, Troy Gloss, was the MVP of that one. Unfortunately, we're going to skip over 2004 because we already know what happened. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, unfortunately, the curse is broken. The uh, the Red Flops beat the Cardinals three games of nothing at Old Busch Stadium, by the way, in St. Louis. Back to first Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. Those
1: are the immortal words of great Joe, Joe Buck as the Red Sox ended
0: the curse of the Bambino. I don't think there was actually a curse. I think you guys just sucked for over eighty-six years. Uh, Boston outfielder Manny <laughs> Ramirez was the uh, MVP of that World Series. Two thousand six, the Cardinals actually redeemed themselves and beat the Tigers. That was also Justin Verlander's first year in majors. Uh, they won four games to two, or four to two in Game Five at Bush Stadium, to the Cardinals' tenth. Uh, world Series MVP or world title uh, David Eckstein who had won the previous World Series in 2002 with the Angels four years later wins again and wins the MVP in uh, 2011 again the Cardinals beat the uh, had the craziest game six of all World Series against the Rangers with David Fries hitting the game-tying two-run triple with two outs in the ninth, and then hits the walk-off home run in the 11th, and then they went on to win against the Rangers. One strike. That's all the Rangers needed
1: to get that World Series title. They were one strike away, and that would have ended the game.
0: It makes me happy. Also, in this day in 2015, American soccer star uh, Abby Wambach announces her retirement. And By the way, I know – um. So, fun fact. I know the person who ended up taking. She, wait, she, no, she was not the. Uh, she was the defender, right? Abby Wambach. I believe was so. She yeah. A goalkeeper? Okay, never mind. No, she was. She was not the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, it was Hope So Uh, Hope. Yeah, Hope So she oh, was Yeah. The all right. Uh, in 2018, the Dodgers beat the Red Sox 3 to 2 in the World's in uh, game through the World Series that year, which also used a record of 46 players used by both teams. Unfortunately, the Red Sox would go on to win uh, 4 games to 1 in that World Series. Though so- Dodgers, however, two years later, redeemed themselves and beat the Tampa Bay Rays 3-1 to in Game 6 at Globe Life Field Global. during the pandemic. It was the first title in 32 years, and Corey Seager was the MVP in that World Series. And last but not least, the uh, Guardians – Actually, wait, what was was it the Guardians? or uh, Oh, here it is, yeah. The Cleveland Guardians men's roller derby team files a lawsuit seeking to block MLB Cleveland Indians name change. Isn't that crazy? <laughs>
1: I remember <laughs> that. I mean, the fact that you're trying to change your name and you're getting sued by a roller derby team.
0: <laughs> now, I love – I don't know if you've ever seen uh, roller derby. It's actually, like, pretty intense. The women's one? Oh, man, that's like watching women's rugby. I would not want to mess with any one of those women. But a men's roller derby team? No way. Would not want to mess with them either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's little elbows and punches being thrown all over the place. <laughs> exactly. And that is on this day in sports history. That was a wonderful one.
1: Lots of baseball. I mean, that that's the what great a time. crap. That's uh, the, one of the greatest things about this time of year. Just lots and lots of baseball. Other good sports are too. Yes, hockey and basketball are in full swing. But yep. you got to appreciate the uh, America's pastime, as, as it's been called for a long time. All right. So now I have uh, the privilege of a quote of the day. And this one came from the – I believe this is called the themuse.com. And this is a quote from Karen Lamb. The quote is a year from now, you may wish you had started today. And, you know, you you look at where you are and the things you do and you got You always sometimes get into this point where you're thinking, you know, I'd, I'd be happier if I was in this moment or, you know, if I didn't. If I wasn't as distracted as much, or if I feel I, I could feel much better, and get more stuff done. But then, you know, sometimes you look back on your life and you're like, you know, I could have gotten that stuff done. And you know, at that point, you like you're always wishing for better days. And sometimes it's you don't realize it in the moment um, where you don't appreciate it then, but you will later. But that's why you got to live in the moment and take the time to appreciate where you are and get stuff done. And so that quote, again, is, a year from now, you may wish you had started today. And that was from Karen Lamb, and that was from themuse.com, and that was our quote of the day.
0: Uh, Our new sponsor, they found me on uh, Instagram. We are still sponsored by Alpine Unlimited Company, but I got to talk about this new one, Fall Vibe Shop. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on Facebook. All of us are always waiting for the fall time to be our most fashionable selves. Their designers and team decided to end this hysteria and bring you a store to be in fall fashion all year round. Are you looking for shirts, hoodies, and blankets? They've got it. They also got great fall decorations and candles and more use code college sports for 30% off. Again, college sports for 30% off at fall, sh- fall shop.com. This has been the episode of the midday man of sports podcast. We are ending now, but I hope that you guys have a great weekend. Let's see if Eric can I catch up in our mad five picks for Noah Pegler, Eric Miller. You can't see me, but we're signing off <laughs> until next time.